We're wrapping up a series, a series called Let's Chat. And in this series, we're simply being reminded of the fact, uh, reminded of the importance and the privilege of being able to talk to God or chat with our Heavenly Father in and out of a given day, throughout the day, every day, about whatever's on our hearts and our minds. You heard that, we're good. We have also, while we could have looked at different models for prayer, we've spent these last couple of weeks looking at these different petitions or requests of the Lord's Prayer. And, and today what I want to do is I want to um, look at the, this, these concluding words, which by the way are not part of Jesus' prayer when he teaches the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Uh, they're actually part of, of David's words in Psalm 145. But these are words that we are familiar with, and these are the words. It's, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And while it is true that God is king, and he has the power to answer all our prayers, and he certainly deserves all glory, what I would like to do today is just because, look at the fact that because of the uncertainty in which we live, Right, things are very uncertain right now. We, we used to be orange, now we're red as a Connie, we're going to be purple. What does that mean? I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic. Will this ever end? There's so much uncertainty. There's an election coming up. There's uncertainty with the economy, with people's businesses and jobs and finances. I just want you to understand that because the kingdom and the power and the glory all belong to God, Okay, it all belongs to him. You don't have to fear or worry about anything, let alone the future. Now, the sad fact of the matter is there are way too many people who fail to enjoy their today because they are worked up and fearful and, and anxious about their tomorrow. And you know as well as I do, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow except God. So what I would like to do is just challenge you to, to, to grasp and to understand this truth that because the kingdom and the power and the glory are in the hands of the all-powerful, all-loving Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, it frees you from any worry or fear of our uncertain, unknown tomorrow. You don't have to be Afraid. I know life it can be uncertain, but you don't have to be worried. So what I'd like to do today is just share with you three truths. So that uh, three truths I would like you to just keep in mind, and so that as you pray those those concluding words of, of the Lord's Prayer, those three things will just pop into your mind. Three things that you'll remember. Three things to remind you that you don't have to live with fear or worry because God's got it all in His hands. And the first thing I would like to remember, the first truth, is that God is watching over you. Okay, so you don't have to worry about anything because God is fully aware of everything that is going on in your life. You don't have to worry about the future because you know who it is that has the future in his hands. You have a heavenly father who loves you, who cares about you, who knows about all the details in your life. In Psalm 145, it says, the Lord watches over all who love him. You know, as a dad, when my kids were, I have three kids, when my three kids were small in elementary school and then they went to middle school and high school, 
I tried my best to be fully aware of all the details of their life. I worked hard at that to know, you know, what were their homework assignments? What TV shows were they watching? What you know, games were they playing on, on the internet or on, on the, you know, the consoles? Or what, what music were they listening to? Who they were hanging out with when they were going out in the evening? I, because I loved them and cared for them, I tried, to, I tried to be aware of every single detail. Now, of course, because I'm not perfect, I was, there were details that I missed. But your Heavenly Father is perfect, Right? So literally, he knows every single aspect of your life. So what does that mean? It means even though your tomorrow may seem uncertain, you can face your tomorrow. You can face the next day. You can face the next year knowing that you have a heavenly father who is watching over every single moment, who is working in and through every single event, who is with you every single day. One of the most familiar and probably the most well-loved chapters in the entire Bible is the 23rd Psalm. In the 23rd Psalm, verse 6, David says this. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And see the word goodness there? Hey, that's what you can expect from your heavenly father. That's what you can expect. You can expect him to bring goodness and to make sure goodness follows you and is with you wherever you go. And it might be for your good. It might be the goodness uh, for the good of other people. It might be for the good of the kingdom, but goodness will follow. A similar promise is found in Romans 8 verse 28 where it says this, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now this verse is not a promise for everybody, it's not a promise for those who ignore God's will, who reject his grace, who push away his love. But for those who love God, who loved them first in Jesus, this verse promises that in all things, God is going to be watching over you and working things out for good. Not that everything that's going to happen in your life is going to be good, but he is working things out in such a way that goodness will follow. So what does that mean? It means that there is no difficulty, no pandemic, no sickness, no defeat, no calamity, nothing that you will endure that ultimately, understand this, that ultimately God is working in and through it and somehow, some way is going to bring good out of it. And, and see, when you grasp that truth, when you're able to understand that fact that God is watching over you like that, that he is at work in your future like that, guess what it does? It makes the fear and the worry go, Poof. it just, it frees you from it. You're able to say, I don't have to worry about this, that, or the anything because I know God's got it. God's got it. That turn to the person sitting next to you, look them in the eye and say, don't worry, God's got it. Go ahead and do that right now. Turn to the people around you. Don't worry. God's got it. Don't worry. God's got it. Isn't that great? Isn't that amazing? We have an amazing God. He's got it. You have a God who is watching over you. And that is a truth I want you to acknowledge or just keep in mind as you pray these closing words of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. God's got it. He's watching over me. Doesn't matter how uncertain life is. God's got it. Second truth is that mercy is working in you. 
Because you are a sinful human being, you will make mistakes, right? You will make poor choices. You will do the wrong thing. So you will need God's mercy. In Isaiah 60, verse 10, it says, God says, I will have mercy on you through my grace. And I love how it's worded in the Living Bible there because it reminds me of what I learned about mercy, uh, how I learned mercy years ago. And it's this, mercy is God's grace in action. It's God's grace in action. So yes, you are still a sinner and you need God's grace in action. And the good news is that's exactly what God offers you. He offers you forgiveness and restoration and healing. God offers you grace in action. And these are gifts earned through the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. Even though you deserve to be punished for every sin-filled thought and every sin-filled attitude and every sin-filled word and every sin-filled um, act or whatever I'd miss, for all of the sinful things you've done wrong, even though you deserve to be punished for those things, Jesus took the punishment for you, right? Jesus allowed himself to be nailed on the cross and to be sacrificed for you. And this isn't, this isn't something you deserved. You, know, you didn't earn it. Jesus did it just because he loves you that much. And that's grace. Or, I'm sorry, that's mercy. That's grace in action. Psalm 103. Would you read these verses with me? Let's read through these slides together. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. I love those last three words. Keep reading. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That's grace. When you get... Not what you deserve, but what you need. Second chance. One more section. Let's read this together. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So because God's grace for you is so great in Jesus, he will erase your mistakes, your failures, your faults, your sins, everything. He will show mercy. He will forgive you. Remember the 23rd Psalm, verse 6? says, goodness and, what's the next word? Say it. Mercy. mercy. Yeah. When it comes to mercy, God does not turn his mercy on and off like a light switch. Click, click, click. You know, some days he'll have it on, click, and then he'll show you mercy. And other days it'll be off, click, and he'll ignore you. It's not the case. Not the case. There will never be a day when you will not experience both God's goodness and his mercy. Because it's all in his hands. Because, because it all belongs to God. The kingdom, the power, and the glory. It's all in God's hands. You, okay, even though it may seem uncertain, you can, look, you can walk into your future, your unknown tomorrow, not with a question mark, but with an exclamation point. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right. You have a God who is with you. And his goodness and his mercy will be with you. Goodness to provide and protect you and mercy to pardon and forgive you. Goodness to, to supply you and, and mercy to soothe you. Goodness to help you and, and mercy to heal you. You have a heavenly father who loves you. And you can know for a fact that his goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Third truth, I want you to acknowledge as you're praying these concluding words of the Lord's Prayer is that heaven is waiting for you. Heaven is waiting for you. Your heavenly father says, I've given you this amazing life here on this earth. This is an amazing life. It's filled with my goodness and my mercy, but there's something better, something incredibly more. It's called heaven. It's where we get to spend eternity together. How cool is that? 
In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, Paul says, We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. In other words, your body will die, but you won't. You will live on. And I say that because of what Jesus promises in John 11. Look at this. These are familiar words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. You see that? And then back in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says in verse 8, we live by faith, not by sight. We would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. When you trust that Jesus is the resurrection and the life for you, you don't have to be afraid of the future, of your future death, which is going to happen. You don't have to be afraid of it. Why? Because it's a transfer. It's a promotion. Really, that's what it is. It's a promotion. It's not the end. It's the beginning. It's on to bigger and better and greater things. So what will your future in heaven look like? Nobody really knows, honestly. I mean, we can take a shot at it and guess, but that'll fall far short. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. For me personally, I think that my first glimpse of heaven will be like when I first went snorkeling for the very first time. It was with uh, my wife Carla. We were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary in Hawaii, which is a really nice trip. We were off of the island of Maui, a Molokini crater. I don't know if you've ever snorkeled or have been there. It's amazing. And I was amazed. I stood in, I didn't stand. I was swimming. I was in awe and wonder at the coral and the fish that I saw of every size, shape, and color. And just when I thought I saw this, this thing that was just absolutely beautiful, I'd turn and I'd see something that was even better. Now, this is an imperfect example, but that's what I think of when I think of heaven. My first glimpse of heaven, I'm going to be in awe of one, and wonder of that initial glimpse. But I'm going to be in even more awe and wonder as I explore deeper into this breathtaking place. Now, because I realize that, that some of you watching and some of you here may have thoughts or, or questions about heaven that you might be uh, wondering about, what I'd like to do is just take a few moments and, and share some details about heaven, okay, that, that, uh, just so as to clear the air, just to set the record straight. And, and just so you know, these, these points that I'm going to share with you, these all are, have, um, they come out of questions that people uh, over the years of my ministry have asked me repeatedly. So these are questions that people, these are answers to questions that people have asked me over and over and over again. First, in heaven, you will not miss your old life. You won't. People are like, but won't I miss? No, no. Okay, just, let me explain it this way. How many, quick show of hands. How many of you, how many of you have ever been upgraded to first class on a flight? Have you guys? Isn't that the greatest thing? Isn't that, I've had it at least three times. It's amazing. Okay, for those of you who raise your hands, how many of you, after you were there in first class for a couple of minutes, regretted that decision and said, I wish I was still in the back of the plane? No, you don't say that. The upgrade is better. Your upgrade from earth to heaven is infinitely better. Why? Because you're going to experience everything that God designed for you to experience. You're going to experience God's presence. You're going to experience seeing all of your loved ones who love Jesus in faith. You're going to experience a life without pain and difficulty and pandemics and all you know, elections and all of the troubles that you deal with in this earth. You will not miss your old life. 
Second, in heaven, you don't become an angel. Yeah, nope, you don't. Humans are one kind of creation, of God's creation, and angels are distinctly different kinds of God's creation. To, th- to say that you become an angel when you die is to say that you stop being a human. And you, you don't. You don't do that. Right? Death is simply a relocation of the same person from one place to the next. Okay? So the place changes, but you're still, you're still you. You're still you. And while it's true that angels will be in heaven with you, you don't become an angel when you die. Third, in heaven, you will have work to do. Now, this is something a lot of people don't think about or don't know, but the Bible teaches it. After God created Adam in uh, the Garden of Eden, in Genesis 2, it says this. It says, God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Now, understand, this is before the fall into sin. Okay? Things have not gotten messed up yet. So work was actually part of God's original plan for a perfect human life. Beyond that, God himself is a worker. After he finished creating the universe, he didn't like kick back and retire. Jesus says in John 5, verse 17, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So, you know, as a human, you will have work to do as well. I don't know what that is, but I do know that it will be so satisfying and so enriching that you can't wait to get back to doing it some more. It'll never be drudgery. It'll be joyful, and it'll be done to the glory of God. Fourth, in heaven, you still won't know everything. You will, you will see things more clearly. You will understand things more fully, but you won't know everything. Okay? Even the angels don't know everything. Only God knows everything because God is all-knowing. Right? He's omniscient. We are finite beings. Now, that said, the good news is that while you were created to long for greater knowledge, once you get to heaven, you'll have all of eternity to gain that knowledge that you seek. And then finally, in heaven, you will be absolutely perfect. Uh, This is a question I just got asked this week. No, you will not sin in heaven. You won't be able to because you'll be holy. So no sin, no guilt. You will be free from the ravages of evil and wickedness. And you will be like those, as it says in Revelation 7, 14, those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. How cool is that? And in heaven, there is no suffering, no sorrow, no death. It is a perfect place where, as it says in verse 17 of Revelation 7, where God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Now, certainly there are other details about heaven that I have, I have not shared with you. Things like, you know, when we worship, we'll worship perfectly with no distractions. Like, Mike's, Mike's going bad. It won't be that way in heaven. I'm like, well, yes, it ain't going to happen. In heaven, you'll be, you'll be able to have an intimate relationship with God. You'll know him intimately. You know, not, not this clouded kind of, I don't know, about, we'll, you'll know him. And you'll be brothers and sisters in Christ with God as our Father. And the, and the point, though, that I'm making with all of these, these details is that now that you know what heaven looks like, you can look forward to that future. No matter how uncertain life might be today, you can look forward to it. You can set your sights on it. You can long for it. So between now and heaven, let me challenge you, let me encourage you in two ways. First, trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. It's, it's kind of like, you know, Sunday school 
question. Trust in Jesus, but do that. You have, even though you will someday die, you don't have to fear it because Jesus has destroyed death. He has taken away its sting. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus conquered death and he has given you his resurrection victory. That's what Paul says in 2 Timothy 1. Jesus has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So trust that in Jesus, victory is yours. All right, you want to face your future, your uncertain tomorrow, your unknown future? You want to face it with confidence? Put your hope and trust and confidence, I'm sorry, put your hope and trust in, in the one who defeated death with confidence. Put it in Jesus, the one who's got it. Second, live with the right perspective. Between now and heaven, enjoy this life that God has given you. Enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy it. But always live with the right perspective. The perspective that says that your eternity with Christ is what ultimately matters, right? That's what ultimately matters. So live at that right perspective where you're constantly growing and developing and nurturing and, and feeding your relationship with God, with Jesus, where you're, you're connecting with him throughout the day in prayer and just talking to him like we talked, you know, that's what we did this whole, ser- this, this whole sermon series, you just tell him what's on your heart, where you're letting him speak to you through, through his word. On a regular daily basis, you just open it up and you're just letting him feed you. Where you worship him every chance you get, not just on Sundays or the weekends. Where you confess to him your sins so that he, you can experience his grace in action. So that, you can, so that you can live each day with hope and confidence that your future eternity in a world of uncertainty is a sure thing through faith in Christ. And what it all comes down to is you have two options. In a world of uncertainty, like we're living right now, you can be cynical and a doubter and you can expect the worst and, and you can be filled with fear or you can face the future with confidence because it all belongs to God. Right? And he's with you, and his blessings will flow into your life. And, and I'll tell you what, when you can live from that kind of point of view, that, that, with that perspective, where you actively believe that the kingdom and the power and the glory are in the hands of your gracious, loving, heavenly Father, it will change your life. It will. You'll see how much better your life can really be. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week. First, what I'd like to do is just challenge you this week to remind yourself, whenever you start getting worried, and you'll probably get worried or freaked out about something or or afraid of something, remind yourself, oh yeah, God's got this. Seriously. Or if you know of somebody that's all worried, tell them, hey, you know what? God's got it. And And if they look at you going, what? Tell them why you can say that. Second, connect with God in confession and then celebrate his grace in action. Whatever guilt you might be carrying around, don't carry it around a a moment longer. Experience his grace in action. Lay it on his lap. Walk away freed, forgiven, and restored through faith in what Jesus accomplished for you. And then the third thing is rejoice that Jesus' victory over death is your victory. It's your victory. You do not have to fear or worry about anything, including your future eternity, because through faith in Christ, it's a done deal. It's a sure thing. Why? Because in his hands are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes. Let's pray.
our Father in heaven, truly everything belongs to you, including our future. So help us, Lord, when we are frazzled by uncertainties and fears and worries to turn to you. And in faith to live each day knowing that you're watching over us, that your mercy is working in us, and that third, heaven is waiting for us. How cool is that? Father, thank you for walking through this series with us and for reminding us of the importance of taking time every day throughout the day to just chat with you, tell you what's on our hearts. Help us to recall what we've learned over these last couple of weeks and to use that information in a way that will free us up to live a life filled with praise and worship of you. Father, we love you and we pray this in the great name of your son, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.